A smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from others' mistakes. Welcome to the My Mistakes Podcast. We cover the lessons learned from the mistakes we've made in business so you won't do the same. I'm Chris Chantrulli. To scale a business correctly means you experience growth and additional money coming in without the extra work. I'm Sean Rosenfeld. By scaling, a small business can transition into a big business without the extra cost and frustration. So it was 2004. I had turned 25 one week earlier, and I suffered an accident while bench pressing. I was showing off to some people in the gym, and I tore my pec muscle. What occurred after that was a trip to the hospital and being in a sling for about two months. While in the sling, it was impossible to see clients as a personal trainer. So I had to figure out how I was going to train people without A, having any ability to lift weights and put them onto bars or hand a client weights. So I was going to have to adjust to my current situation. Now, I had also been a competitive bodybuilder at this time, and I knew that this was going to get in the way of my training for the upcoming USAs, which is a national competition. So I was upset and quite depressed over this, not being able to do something that I had planned for months leading up to. I was trying to think where I could direct my energy and give my attention. At this time, I was a fitness director of the gym that I was working at. This is prior to having my own space that I was subletting. It was working as co-fitness director of this gym. Most of the time, if not all of the time, I'm not someone who gets bogged down with details of how I'm going to do something. My philosophy has always been see the mountaintop of where you want to get to, then chart a course to how to get there. So I had this idea for doing a weight loss contest. I was calling it a body transformation contest. It was an eight-week body transformation. And I came up with eight weeks because that's how long I was going to be in the sling. So I thought, for the amount of time that I'm in the sling, I'm going to put together a contest in which I'm going to look for volunteers, one male, one female, and I'm going to choose other submissions or people that come to the front desk and say they're interested. I'm going to pick one guy and one girl, and for free, I'm going to do a diet and exercise plan for the next two months, and we're going to chart their progress every week. And my idea for doing this was so at the end of the two months, when I was ready to resume training people the way that I had prior to the accident, there were going to be so many people seeing the results posted on the wall of the gym or outside of my office that they were going to line up wanting to train with me. What I didn't expect to occur was instead of getting a couple men and a couple women to want to embark on this challenge for eight weeks, I had probably eight or 10 guys, and about the same number of females. So I had this idea at this point, instead of just having one of each, why don't I see if I could just take one of each 
as being the contest winners to where they weren't going to have to pay for it. But I would offer the other people the opportunity to be part of this eight-week challenge, however they were going to have to pay. And I remember the cost was $1,280. And I came up with the price because it was the cost of 24 sessions plus $200 for the meal plan that I was going to write for them. And I was a certified nutritionist, so I was qualified to design a diet plan. And it was a very simple diet plan. It was nothing complex. I basically wrote down what they were going to eat every single day. And the plan was to have people check in every week, take their body fat, check their weight, take their measurements, and then post all the above onto a template with their before picture, and each week go until we reached the eight-week mark. So I ended up having eight men and eight women that agreed to pay for this service, and I had my two volunteers, one male, one female. Here's where the problem came to be. I originally was planning on doing the training myself, and when I now had a larger number of people to work with, I had to figure out how can I train all of them, not hand off the clients, because these were people that when they heard that I was going to be doing this contest, that's why they were interested in doing it, because they wanted me to train them. Even though I only had one arm that was available, my training style totally changed. So instead of having one client I was working with, which would be one-on-one training, I would have anywhere from three or four clients that I would work with at the same time. So I would have four people on the treadmills and they'd be going for, let's say, two minutes or three minutes at a high intensity, high pace walk. I would then grab one client, take them away from the treadmill, go into a designated area, work with them for a one minute interval, put them on the treadmill, take the second person off, work with them for one minute, put them back up third and then fourth. So they were essentially splitting an hour. Four people were splitting an hour, but instead of breaking it down into blocks of time, it was alternating and going person one, two, three, four, repeat. And it was very efficient because I was billing out all four of those people for an hour session. So in one hour, I was getting four times how much I made per session. This is where the problems came in to be. So I was working with three or four at a time, and I would schedule three or four people into each time slot. So I would do one or two time slots in the morning and then one or two time slots in the evening. And as we started posting the pictures, there was a response of members of the gym that were approaching me saying, I would like you to also train me. And what I would do for accountability is I provided a binder to each person that was participating and they were to track what they were eating each day, which was supposed to be the same thing or one of three things, if I remember correctly. And they were supposed to just write down their combination of those foods. And then I was charting the weight body fat measurements. And as the pictures started going up around week three, week four, I then had members of the gym asking, what does it cost to do the program? So I bumped it up $100 to where it was $1,350 for the eight-week program. Now I had the eight original people, and it may have added another five or six people 
I wasn't sure how I was going to work with all of those individuals. Now, if I were to have assigned a trainer to that client, it was a different workout. It was a different protocol that was being used because those trainers didn't have the same experience that I did and they couldn't work with more than one person at a time, whereas I could see four people with no problem. So I later learned what that term was and that was, is it scalable? And my eight-week body transformation was not something that was scalable because I never took into account the cost of what I would be supplying to them, such as the binder, the copies to run off the copies for each page of each day for eight weeks. I didn't factor the measuring tape that I bought specifically for this program, the body fat tester, the special scale that I bought so that we wouldn't have to use a scale in the front of the gym and I could have one in the office. So I didn't factor any of those costs into the price of the eight-week body transformation. So that wasn't good. Next, I didn't factor how would I be able to have other trainers work with these clients and I had to take on all this additional responsibility for an eight-week period of time. For every client that signed up, it was an eight-week block I was going to work with them. And if someone wasn't seeing results each week, then they thought that they may have made a mistake and it wasn't working. And why isn't it working? So my lesson in this really was I should have done it with more of a plan, but I was really making up the rules as I went. So there was nothing that I was following. It wasn't thought out. And although it did make a really good amount of money after I think altogether about 20 people went through the program and it made money. It was profitable, but it wasn't something that was sustainable. So the lesson I learned there is think it through, have a plan and follow that plan. If you could hit reset, what would you have done differently to make it more scalable? I thought you were going to say, if I could have done differently, what would I have done? And it would have started with not tried to go for that final set bench pressing and not showing off so it wouldn't have taken my arm out of the equation for eight weeks. But going by your question of what I would have done differently, I think with the experience that I learned now, now I know what to scale is. I know that it's to not have those additional costs come in. And if I had had an infrastructure in place with each new client coming in, there would have been a way to hand it off to someone and a protocol to follow. And I think the biggest mistake I made was just winging it, which is okay when you get started. You got to just get going and then you can figure it out. But I went too far in without having a thought out plan. Why do you think so many people wanted to train with you? What was the hype about? Besides my overwhelming good looks, I would have to say most likely it was because those who saw me work out in the gym, I always worked out with an extreme intensity. And anything that I ever do, anything I've ever done, I'm passionate about. Because if I'm not passionate about it, I don't do it. So I think people who saw that I was very determined with my working out they felt that if they signed up to train with me, that would somehow rub off on them in some way. 
I think you said about 20 people went forward with this program. What were the results like? When the program was smaller and I was able to pay more attention to each of those clients when it was like the initial eight, their results were phenomenal, really just impressive. As people continue to sign up, that's where you could tell that this was not a scalable model because the quality of the product became much worse as more and more people were added into the equation. Do you think people are more motivated when there's a challenge behind it? Yes, I do. But here's why. When I was doing the eight-week body transformation challenge, I learned something very, very interesting about people and about the training business. And it was this. I really wasn't doing anything any different than what I would do with a client ordinarily. However, I put a name to it. And by taking their pictures and by putting a logo saying eight-week body transformation, by having the logo, it was a brand. So I was branding the title. By taking the pictures, it was giving proof to people that wanted to buy into the dream of, if I sign up for this in eight weeks, I'll lose weight. It says right there, it's a body transformation. So my lesson in this, and I think it applies to any kind of business whatsoever, not just training, not just exercise, the thing that people buy into is a story. And when you've got a story that goes with whatever your goal is or your mission is, whatever is charting someone's progress, by putting some drama behind it, you get people to want to know what the outcome is going to be. So even members of the gym, I would see them stop at my office and look to see what the total pounds lost that week were. So this is before The Biggest Loser by... I don't know when The Biggest Loser came out, but it was way before that. So I guess one could say that I was the originator of the premise that later became The Biggest Loser. (laughs) For more info, visit us at getconnects.com. That's G-E-T-C-O-N-N-E-X-X.com. On Instagram at connects underscore or on Facebook at connects, comma, INC.